Hello, uh, and welcome to a From the Rookery End live on Periscope and on Facebook. My name is John, uh, and with me is Mike. Good evening. Um, Mike, it is uh, the day after the transfer window shut. Uh, we're going to have a chat about the whole window, not just not just like yeah, yesterday. As Watford fans, this is our opinions, as every podcast we do. Yep. Is that you, um, this year you are, um, what's the word? Writing? You, you're writing, yeah, for uh, ESPNFC.com. Tough word to get your head around. Yeah, I know, well, you know. You can tell your audio. Yeah, you are uh, right for ESPNFC.com yes, this indeed. year. And you did a review and you gave Watford a score out of uh, 10 yep. for this transfer window. Yep. You gave it what out of 10? I gave us a 7. Seven. Why seven? Which you thought was a little harsh, didn't you? I, I personally gave it eight. Now, but why seven? Because it felt like we still had quite a lot to do. I think there's a lot hinging on the signing of Pereira. I think he has been... Uh, I think it's very has, very rare that there's something lacking so evidently and so clearly as that attacking midfield role. So I think there's a lot hinging on him. And the jury's out on a lot of players. We've... We we just don't know how they're going to work. So I think it's impossible to give um, give a higher mark because if you give it eight or nine and mm. they don't work out, then you end up looking stupid. We still don't really... The, the squad has look, perhaps looks a bit thin, perhaps. We haven't announced a full squad, have we? It's, no. um, is it 22? It's, yeah, it's 20... Um, he says doing his maths over here. Yeah, it's 22 yeah. senior yeah. players plus the three uh, under 21. So yeah. there are 25 um, what you would call first choice players yeah. first team players that you can pick from and the fact that also the fact that we were still trying to get uh, Decore out of the door that sounds a bit harsh not out the door but mm. we were still trying to organise a loan deal for him at sort of 11 o'clock last night and the fact, I think the fact that we were still trying to do business quite late for someone who is seen as a key signing and that just left me a little bit who said um, he was a key signing well I, I, all right perhaps I did <laughs> <laughs> but if you're going to speak speak with authority yeah. that's what I think <laughs> But we'd spoken to um, Heath, for example, who watches Granada, who we got to know sort of when when they were still part of the the Watford family, the Pozzo family. And he had said that he's one of the best midfielders he'd ever seen. Mm. That was praise indeed. And I think Watford were very keen to get him. And we got him and it it just felt like he was going to be a great signing. And then all of a sudden he hasn't started the first couple of games and, and we're trying to get rid of him. Again, that sounds harsh, not to get rid of him, but you know what I, you know what I mean. And it didn't materialise, and it's just felt that to give it. I think we did good business. I must must say that in the piece, I said I think we did excellent business. Anyone who's not pleased is probably going to be too hard to please. But I think there were a few, still a few loose ends, too many loose ends, perhaps for it to be higher than a seven. Um, I, I, well, I know answer I've ever given to any question you've given me. I think. <laughs> the, the, well, I think we're slightly high. Is I think you're judging it in terms of d- will it work out in the end? But I think as a window over the period of time, it feels for me that we we've strengthened. Have we strengthened as much as I want to? No, that's why it's not a ten. Hmm. And what what would be a ten? Would we have to sign Lionel Messi for it to be a ten? No. I think, so what would be a ten? Well, what I what I would say is on the positive side is that we did fill areas that we had to mm. fill. We got wing backs in who can do wing backs. We got Kennedy on loan from Chelsea. Um, we did get Pereira in in midfield. We added we added defensively. We got another striker in. He did come out of left field, Akaka. Um So we did fill the areas that we wanted to fill. So it's, like I say, it, it sounded like seven's not a good mark. I think seven's a reasonable. Um, a reasonable grade for something that, ha- that there's, there's no um, indication of how it's going to turn out so 
Yeah, I think I'm, I'm po- largely, largely very positive. I'm quite positive of the fact that we've got through that little bit without doing an impression of the, was it, is it Len from, uh, <laughs> from Strictly okay. saying number seven? Yeah. Um, we talked about the transfer window on the podcast we did after the uh, Arsenal game. And at that point, Vidra wasn't, hadn't definitely gone when we actually recorded it. By the time we published it, it sort of had, had been done. So the last couple of days, let's go for the, the outs. First of all, yep. we saw Vidra go. Yep. So now we've learned it was 12.5 million. Brilliant. That's that's the business you want to be doing. Yeah, I think that on the, that's great business. Yeah, I think there is a thing. The thing that sort of um, interested me recently over the last couple of days when talking about the transfer window is how supporters get excited about transfer fees coming in. And I think the days of that being important to Watford fans has probably should have gone because back in the day it would have been right. We've got twelve million in. It's either going to keep the club afloat or hopefully we can reinvest in someone else. Now it doesn't really matter. Now all it really does is reaffirms the Pozzos as good, good businessmen. It makes no real material difference to how Watford are going to perform or who they're going to buy in the transfer market. So whilst, yes, getting £12.5 million is is a great deal for Gino and, and, and the owners, um, I think it's, it's important not to get too carried away by the... Because we're spending a lot as well. But So yeah, good, good bit of business. Um, like we said on the podcast on Saturday, sad to see him go because there's a lot of memories tied up in Matty Vidra. Perhaps a lot of um, unrealised potential that I know for a fact a lot of Watford supporters were still hoping that they would see um, at Vicarage Road. And that's that's not going to happen now. But hand on heart, I wish him all the best and I hope he does well at Derby. Next one to go was, was Sean Murray. Yep. Um, someone we've seen since he was a wee lad. Yeah. Um, saw him play for the under 18s and he yeah. came through had that brilliant sort of half a season where he was shining light under Sean Dyche and we kind of thought he was the, he was the one for the future and it always felt to me like he would have been one for the future if the Potsers hadn't turned up you know if that hadn't happened and Watford had continued to be the Watford of uh, you know, the early teens and we would have seen so much more of him and he would have developed a lot quicker but he he's sort of gone off but it feels right that he's gone to Swindon. Yeah, for a, for a day, and we'll get on to why, he was the last the last sort of element of the old Watford, if you like. He was, perhaps Troy, Troy would, you could lump in on that, but he was the last sort of reminder of old school Watford. He was the last reminder of the travails, of the problems, of the issues that we used to have. Um, again, pleased he's gone. He was never going to get into this squad. Um, there have been rumours about his sort of commitment, perhaps, and his extracurricular activities. Um, some people have suggested that's why he perhaps hasn't didn't kick on as much when he when he because um, he made such a great debut and everyone had high, high hopes. There were, uh, Man City was were sniffing around him. Was it Liverpool at yeah, one stage as well? So there was obviously talent there. There was obviously excitement and interest in him. And for whatever happened, whatever reason it didn't happen, it's time for that boy to go and get his career started. Um, I don't think any Watford fan will be unhappy he's gone and I don't think any Watford fan will wish him anything other than the best he looked pretty happy in the photograph he didn't, it was good <laughs> I'm so pleased that we've got an next Watford player doing that though yeah because I'm sick and tired of all the others usually who was it it was uh, the guy who um, went from uh, was it Lescott uh, not Lescott um, I can't remember went from went, went to Everton he looked so oh, miserable oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah it's just Lennon. funny yeah Aaron Lennon and it's funny that we've got a Watford player doing that I quite enjoyed that well yeah. done Sean Yes. The other person who left on uh, deadline day was Naom going. Sort of felt the right thing for him to do. He had a great start last season, played against Crystal Palace, fell apart, and he never recaptured it. And almost like a fresh start was the best thing for him rather than trying to make his way into that starting back three. I blame myself. I spoke to Jim Daly of Palace Fan TV before 
the home game with, with Palace. And he said, who's the player to watch out for? I said, that's one you might not have heard of and one that might quite surprise you. A guy called Alan Neom. He's our, he's our right wing back and he's been brilliant defensively and he's been terrorising people going forward. I think he might take you by surprise. He was terrible <laughs> and he didn't, didn't recover. So I take complete responsibility for that. Sorry, Alan. Um, you've ended up in uh, the Hawthorns instead of Vicarage Road. No one, no one likes that. Highest stadium in the country. Hope you're good at altitude, Al. Yeah, well, we'll find out. But uh, he, yeah, there's no denying he, he looked bereft of confidence. He was nowhere near the player that he was um, against uh, for the first sort of little portion of the season, which is a real shame because he, he started like a steam train and just, but he just fell off a cliff. And I think um, the way Amrabat's performed at, at, at right wing back shown that you know someone can come in and do the job and he the fact that he was preferred over neon to start with and that he was even uh, identified as being worth a gamble or an experiment showed that he wasn't really in in the plan so yeah it was time for him to move on it will be fascinating to see how he does at west brom um i don't think he was the sort of transfer deadline day signing that the, the baggies were looking for not the the marquee name that they were hoping for but it will be very very interesting to see what a new club and a new start does for neon but hopefully he gives away loads of penalties against us. Uh, and finally, uh, last one out the door um, the other night, uh, last night was uh, Kitchanya off to, again, play with Matty Vidra yeah. after his tweet to say goodbye to Matt saying, good playing with you, they're not playing with you, good playing with you, not playing with you, they're not playing with you. Yeah. He is playing again. Bizarre, isn't it? Um, again, not, not quite on the same level as, as Matty Vidra because I don't think... I think Akechi was probably always pay, playing to his limit mm. um, without being disparaging to Akechi Anu. I think we probably had seen the best of him. Frustrating in as much as he always looked like he had the beating of a man. and uh, We knew he had pace, um, but seemed to be always betwixt and between. I think he, he played a lot as a wing-back and felt torn between his defensive duties and his attacking duties. Mm. I would have loved to see him take a man on, beat him and deliver a good cross. Or when in a good attacking position, don't be afraid to have a shot. I don't think we saw the attacking... Um, we didn't get the fruits of uh, of his attacking labour. We didn't get enough from him. Um, and I think with the players that we've come in, we can't afford to have we can't afford to have someone who's not going to deliver for us. The Premier League's tough. You've got to make the most of your possession. And we really we weren't we weren't getting that with with Akechianya. Would we have been a decent squad player? I wouldn't have been upset to see him stay. Absolutely. Um, we've got we've got the space in the homegrown. To, to keep him yeah. um, and it would you know you, I, I, it feels like if you look at the depth chart um, which uh, you can see on our social media um, or you will be able to see when we uh, on the from the com on the podcast page for this looks something like that um, we had the space uh, for, for him but we we have got well I don't know we've got one two three four wing backs seems to be enough but I'd like but, to think. But I'd like to think that the reason he's gone is not because he's not good enough. Yeah. We've we've moved on. I, I would. I'd love the idea that actually a kitchy said, "Look, can I go? I want to do. I want to kick on." And it was sort of maybe a little bit of him wanting to go and his agent sorting stuff out. But it's uh, it was it was it was sort of. I think he was the saddest out of them all to see go. Yeah, he'd been um, involved a lot. He'd been involved in most match day squads. He has contributed to Watford, and so obviously he he goes with our thanks. But I think now we've got better, and he didn't he didn't really deliver quite enough. No, he did he did really well last year. I think he did adapt and did try and, and do new positions and and work hard. But again, never be turn himself into the number one man. Mm. Um, he will always be the most important player 
in that goal that Troy scored against Leicester in the playoff final, according to Troy. So it, it, it was, it, I think for me, it was the saddest going. The three we got in, yep. so we had three in since Saturday. Um, uh, Okaka. Yeah. Um, bizarre, in many ways, on Twitter, with fans going, he's rubbish. Hmm. Well, you never seen him play for Watford with these players. In the same way, whenever they see someone who's brilliant, and they go, oh, he's going to be great. Yeah. You've never seen him play in this country with those players it's, it's, that's always every time transfers happen he's going to be the saviour he's going to be absolute rubbish <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's being brought in to be number one the, I think the number prob- nine num- well, yeah number nine uh, to be the number one pick yeah. um, but he certainly it, it doesn't feel as com- he's putting as much competition let's say for um, Troy and Igalo in terms of experienced players but the great hope in terms of being that the, the man to, to push those two, maybe break up the band, um, will, will be uh, Isaac's success. I think he's sort of the one that feels like it. But if anything, especially for this half of the um, season until the next transfer window happens, the fact that Okaka is going to be slightly senior and just score, I think he scored 17 goals last year in, in France, yeah. um, that it, it isn't, he's not going to light the world alight. He might do, it doesn't feel like it. But he's a, he's, a, he's a squad player. What I like about him is that no one saw it coming. No. It, was com- it was completely out of the blue. And that's Not, very, what? very rare with these days because usually there's a whisper somewhere along the line and there wasn't at all, um, they say. So it's quite nice to get that one out of the blue. It's a little bit disappointing that people sort of just add up knee-jerk reaction that you mentioned, but everyone's entitled to their, their opinion. Yeah. He's another one who's played for Italy. Someone's pointed out that Diego Fabrini has also played for Italy, of course. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> The other, I think the, the most interest, interesting thing about um, his signing is that it's a real indication as to the sort of striker, perhaps, that um, Matsari likes. Big, yeah. tough, strong. Um, and we've seen that in, you mentioned Isaac's success. He's, you know, he's obviously tough. He's, he's built, he's a, he's, a, he's a unit as well. So I think we've got an idea there of, of what, he wants in his, what, what he wants in his striker. So I think that is interesting from that point of view. You say that was a surprise coming in. And squad number 99 at Anderlecht. I love that we signed someone with that. It's good. Uh, you say that he was a, a surprise coming in. Yeah. I can believe it when you're seeing the return of Adrian Mariapa. Hence my attire this evening. 2008 vintage in tribute to Adrian Mariapa. It's been in with the mothball since he left. <laughs> and uh, since his arrival, I've been able to get it back out. It's a bit itchy, actually. It hasn't been washed for ages, but uh, I'll wear it for you, AD. Let's see what I'm willing to do. It's funny, when Crystal Palace released him, I sort of said to myself, oh, we should go in for him in the sort of way that you think, oh, Watford should go for any player that you know is available. Um, so to see him come back, I think is, it's great. And what I do like about it is that he's someone that we can hold on to. He's a bit of a, and this is, this is a bit pathetic and a bit, bit sad, but in this whole maelstrom of new faces, there's someone that we know, there's someone that Troy knows, um, there's someone that you can identify with immediately, someone that you know that's going to get the club, another another a voice around the training grounds who will keep the sort of Watford ethos if there is such a thing still there in the training ground and just sort of remind people and what it is to be Watford. So I, I'm quite glad to see him back. Apart from all the sentimental stuff, quite a defender, a really good player. Um, and going back to the, the grade of the, of the transfer window, what we've done, we've got backup in every position. And it's not strong, it's not weak backup. We're not worried now about who's going to fill the bench. We're not worried about if he gets suspended, if he gets injured. Whilst they might not, might not be first choice or international European standard in every position, 
it's quality now and um, people will accuse us of being sentimental about Mariapa but he's you speak to Crystal Palace fans they were disappointed with the way he was treated and thought he was a, a better football than he got credit for should have played more and now he's back with us we've got we've, we've got someone else we can utilise and yeah just adds extra strength but it's great to see his smiling face Leanne in the other room is happy as well because he's a, he's a handsome devil as well isn't he? he does he look more like a teenage mutant ninja turtle than uh, Alex, Alex Oslade Chamberlain I don't know I like the thing well, about Mariapa, the son of Mariapa, is that we know, um, you know, a younger lad, he had some time at a low division championship team and did all right. <laughs> and now he's ready for the Premier League. Oh, hang on, it was us. Um, and the final one, um, one of these uh, young players who, again, people think they know a lot about because you see some YouTube clips because they're young players and they've got some nice highlight reels going on, uh, is Kennedy. All for your WWE fans out there. Yeah, uh, Kennedy oh, um, uh, is in on loan for the year. Another wing back slash midfielder. Yep. A bit more adaptable. Um, sort of the Aki of this season. Um, I, it would be interesting to know, you know, we've had a lot of young players come in for a very long time. Uh, Aki stepped up uh, and you'd hope that he, he will um, and step up again and, and, and be a really good, strong choice and competitor for those, those wing backs. He's an exciting one. I think there's a lot of lot of buzz about him. Uh, Chelsea fans speak very, very highly of him. Um, and yeah, it just goes back. It's just more quality. I do want it to be interesting to see how Jose Holobas reacts because he sort of felt like he'd made that left wing back spot his own. And I think he's got incrementally better personally. I think his, even game on game this year, his defensive work seems to have improved whilst he's also delivering that attacking threat. So I think he's he's doing great as a left wing back. But yeah, this Kennedy guy, I, I confess I hadn't seen him in action, um, but there's a lot of good noise about him. Um, so he kind of, yeah, it's interesting to see. You just hope Matsari makes the right choice and gets the best out of these guys when they're not in the team, when they're not in the squad, keeps them ticking along, keeps them bubbling under, um, so that if something does happen, a yellow card, red card, suspension, injury, they can come straight in because what a joy that would be for a Watford team to have someone that just slots straight in. You know that they're up to speed. You know that they can play that position. You know that they're quality. What I like about the Hodabas thing is that he clearly must have been a bit um, annoyed, let's say, at um, Aki last year. So knowing that he has to up his game and having someone really directly behind him, almost knowing it's a rep, you know, it could be Groundhog Day again for him. His passion um, on Saturday against Arsenal was something I really noticed. I enjoyed that. I just liked it. I'll never forget talking to Adam Leventhal a couple of years ago and he said he feels like Watford aren't nasty enough. There aren't enough sort of bitey, snarly characters and I think someone mentioned that on, on Twitter earlier as well. But I think Holobas is that. He's a, he's a tough, tough nut. And I like the way that he showed his feelings on his uh, sleeve on on Saturday against mm-hmm. Arsenal, where things weren't going great, and he he didn't just moan, but he got he really rolled his sleeves up. So fascinating battle between Holabas and Kennedy, but um, I think that's a, that's a great signing and a coup, coup for Watford. We'll figure out um, how well they do by results that come out come out over the next next few months. Uh, but I think the overall feeling is that is an improved squad. There's a lot of sentiment that left that you would have liked to have come around. Um, but I just want to go now and look at the sort of let's all the overall what what's happened in, in this transfer window what's happened in um and compare it to other transfer windows the we had a, a tweet from uh, graham Payne. thank you graham for getting in touch who sent us this picture which is of a, a man with a blindfold on throwing darts at list of names um he said that's the watford transfer policy starting to look like this 
um, Discuss, Decore, Ber- uh, Berghaus, Suarez. Um, and he's starting to get the impression that we have no clue what we are doing when it comes to transfers. We're just guessing. And it is that high turnover because we did have seven players who were six of whom were brought in the last year, one being Tommy Hoban, the other one, who have gone out on loan. They are all, apart from Suarez, young. Mm. Now, that loan thing, I think people are looking at going, you're buying players, but you don't like them, so you get rid of them. But it seems to me it's almost that development thing that we've talked about Watford. Mm. You're buying young players, we're not developing them, we're actually sending them out to Feyenoord. We're sending them out to uh, to Udinese, sending out to you know Blackburn, yeah, and they're and they're getting proper Feyenoord, Udinese, Blackburn. But the hope is actually they will come back stronger players because we can't afford to have players develop in the Watford squad. Do you know what? I'm halfway in between. I mean, I think I understand exactly. Twixt and between. Twixt and between. Yeah, Um, I understand what Graham's saying there. I think um, to say that we're just guessing, and I know that's that's tongue in cheek. I know he doesn't mean we're literally guessing. I think that's unfair because we are um, keen to praise the Pozzos for their for their scouting network, and um, I think they do they do their due diligence on players. I don't think we're ever going to sign someone who we don't think is is going to benefit the squad or, or prove to be worst case scenario financially beneficial for for the club in the future. Um, but I do have a concern about the whole loan thing, about players going out on loan for development. Because people are quick to, to, to have a go at Chelsea who are basically stockpiling and they have to send them out on loan because otherwise they're gonna, they, they've got too many players even to play in their under-23s and there's not enough teams to, for them to play. So they're buying star players just so other people can't get them. And that, that, that's one thing. And I think the, the big clubs are, are guilty of that. I just think it's very rare that a player goes out on loan and then is successful for their parent club. And I was concerned that two... You go and think about it, and, and you guys think about it as well. And there are obviously, there are obviously instances of, uh, of players going out on loan and coming back and being successful, but actually for their parent club. You know, so going out on loan, and if we talk about Watford, Marvin Sordell did it and, and did well and so on and so forth. So there are examples. It does happen, but how regularly? And because I just think if you've signed a professional footballer, it's rare that just, yeah, a year there is going to make you perfect for us. Isn't that part of the Pozzo's gambling on the market and saying you can't just go and say, oh, we like him, but we'll leave it a year and he's a great year at Feyenoord and then all of a sudden he comes back and yeah. you have to pay through the roof for him. But then you're doing what Chelsea do and you're stockpiling and I don't think that really is, we've got, we've got enough. Seven stockpiling? No, but, if, but what you're saying is we'll buy them now because we're worried that they might be better or get nicked by someone else. And that doesn't really add to the squad, because all we're doing is, right, let's stick them over there, in effect, and hope they tick over while we concentrate on the guys that are good enough. And the thing that concerned me the most was, I liked the look of Jerome Sinclair in pre-season. I thought he looked good, he looked quick, he looked direct, he looked a little bit more um, nimble. Uh, he's a bit more slight than, than Isaac Success, than Troy, than Iggy and uh, Akaka. Um, and I thought he might offer us something different. So disappointed to, that he was trying to be loaned out and how that's going to impact on, on him because it fell through. And and Dekure as well. It was like, well, we're trying to move these players on when... I don't, I don't know. I just something doesn't feel 
quite... I, I get it. In, in the premise of sending someone out to get better and come back <laughs> is a solid one and it's a sound one. But with Sinclair, I know what you're saying. I don't think... But if you look at, a, let's say, a longer term, if this year he's come along, they've said, you're not quite ready yet, lad, for the Premier League week in, yeah. week out. Um, we know that we're going to have, uh, let's say, Dini Nagalo, one and, one and two choices. Uh, Oka, Okaka is there to, to do... Oka, if you like. Big Oka. But success will be the, the fourth and the younger player that are hopefully by December, especially in the second and then into the second half of the season he'll be then pushing to break up that partnership or make it, add to that partnership. Um, you can only do so many of those in a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it feels like, actually, let's get rid of you. Let's bring you back. Because actually, this time next year, Igalo's gone. Mm. Because at some point, when you keep getting off with 32 million, you've got to say yes at some point or another. Um, so then actually there's a space. That by that point, success has moved up and his, his, his replacement. So then you need someone else knocking on the door. The question is, though, when you've got Jakubiak on the new four-year contract, Olari, mm-hmm. Penyuand is going to be coming back next year, hopefully, and he is a big hope. Um, maybe then that's where Sinclair, the next one to knock on the door to take over. I don't think you can have three or four players doing that. I think, yeah, and I think I get it. I understand where, we're, where what we're trying to do, but it does feel... It feels a, a bit messy, I think, and I'm sure mm. the, the guys there know what they're doing, of course. Messy or different? Um... No, it does feel a bit messy. I think I don't think it's different anymore because we're used to it. You know, under Zola we had the massive influx, and so we're kind of used to it. So I wouldn't say it's different, but it just does feel a little bit loose is the wrong word, but just a little bit, yeah, just a little bit sort of a bit frantic, perhaps. So I understand exactly where Graham's coming from with his with his with his picture there, and it's um, and why some Watford supporters would would have concerns. And I think you'd be silly not to. You know, we've got. Um, JJJ, uh, who hasn't made the squad. That's injury, we think. Well, kind of, but so I don't know. It just feels a bit. It just feels a bit peculiar. And, and you have to say that if you do go down the list of players that that have been signed in the in the Pozzo era, how many have been hits? How many have been mediocre successes? And how many have been pretty instant failures? There have been. Um, there have been a fair fair number who haven't who haven't made the grades. Well, if you re- look at the graph that we did for the uh, latest edition of um, the Watford fanzine Golden Pages, uh, you will see a sort of representation graphically of of what we thought uh, in Jason's piece about how successful they've been. Bottom the- line, though, I'm going to I'm going to end yeah. it on a positive. When we announced a squad for the West Ham game on the Man United game, when you see that team sheet. I think most Watford supporters will be happy with the team they see yeah, yeah. and they will be happy with the bench. And really, that's the be-all and end-all. If it wasn't international break, we'd probably be talking more about who's going to start where and we'd be excited if we, if we use one of those newfangled apps to do a, do a, a formation and a lineup. It would look great. Mm. This is a strong-looking Watford outfit. But I think people... Watford support, you know, supporters are, will take an interest in the running of their club and I think there have been... Let's be honest, too many transfers that haven't worked out. Mm. Too many transfers that we've tried to send out on loan last minute, last night. Um, so a little bit of cause for concern, but ultimately, really, it's not our business. No, no, but that is, it sort of is our business because we've been, we've been emotionally uh, yeah, 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 in, yeah. In, in this club for, for over 30 years now, Michael. If I was Gino Pozzo and I was listening to me, <laughs> on, I'd say, Michael, <laughs> you wait until the West Ham game 
look at the team sheet, tell me if you're happy with the team that I have provided for you to watch. And I think, as it stands, the answer would be yeah. The thing is, though, you want to know more about the system and more about what's happening and more about their thinking and where they're going. We don't hear a lot from Gino for lots of different reasons. You know, we don't hear a lot of it, but actually we can't hear a lot of it. I'd love to know more. We did hear from Luke, though, on Radio 5. Yeah, but still, he didn't like... Yeah, you want to know more than Luke's until Radio 5 Live, and he's more than you can tell anybody that's going to get broadcast around because it's a business and it's a competitive business. Um, But still, the other one is um, our friend David Levy, um, The The Undertaker who will be probably the next podcast because we're off to West Ham with him. He looks random. High level. (laughs) He said, high turnover. um, The best teams have stability. We have none. Now, I sort of on Twitter earlier, and I sort of said, I think we've got a core. Mm. That's the same. And actually, you could probably, Gomez, Cathcart, Watson, uh, Dini, Igalo, you could have five of the team that got us promoted. So I, I, I get what he's saying. It feels that way. But in a 25-man squad, you can have turnover. Yeah. The question is, though, and where true stability comes in, is that 11 mm. that starts every week slash 13 that are going to be your first team choices and be the first names on the sheet. That's when you have stability in a squad, mm. and that's when I think you get true success. It's when you're flicking around the, the, the each game's um, 18 men that you're going to have problems there's two words I don't like in the in the messages we've highlighted Graham's said guessing and David said random I'm not buying that for a minute not from the Gino Pozzo who is a businessman before he went into football they run a successful business anyone who has done anything successful knows it doesn't happen by guessing or, or random it's hard work calculated decisions some are gambles, some come off some don't so whilst I accept both points I'm not having random I'm not having guessing Okay. I'm going to put that to bed. And in terms of stability, I think I'll go back to the to the squad, to the match day squad. I think we will see an excellent match day squad for the rest of the season now. So I would kind of liken us to a speedboat, right? Okay. So we're a speedboat steaming down the uh, Premier League straights, and the structure is solid. There's a good crew. People know what they're doing, know what their job is. They can make the they can make the vessel go as quick as possible. Look after it. Get it from A to B. Around it, yeah. lots of wake, lots of churn out. The, certainly out the back, there's lots of stuff being thrown about. And there are people, by the very nature of football, who find themselves on the periphery, and they're in that churn. They are in that sort of tumultuous area around the speedboat, sort of left in our wake, if you like. Um, the challenge for the guys who are in the periphery is to prove to Walter Mazzari, is to prove to the senior management that they're worthy of a place in the squad, then they're worthy of a place in the team, and to make sure that they're part of the, that speedboat crew. You say speed, I think are kitschy, and I get a bit sad. Oh, I don't. Thank you very much um, for being part of uh, either Periscope or uh, Facebook Live. Uh, we'll hope to try and do a few more of these, um, but what we've been recording on that computer over there, uh, we will podcast and put up on Audio Boom uh, or on iTunes uh, later tonight. Um, thank you very much, Mike. Hey, you're more than welcome. <laughs> uh, but thank you very much. And um, come on, you horns! <laughs>